this road leads? Then hear this, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both high and low, rich and poor together. Do you indeed speak righteousness? Do you judge uprightly, all ye sons and daughters of men? And do you judge as others judge? For as you judge, you shall be judged. And if you condemn, you are condemned. Pass on. But there is no return. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. Before we get to this week's episode, we just want to beg you one more time to please rate and subscribe to our show on whatever platform you listen to us on, iTunes, Google Play, whatever it is, it pretty much means everything to us and we really, really appreciate it. So thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, where do you eat after you're done having sex? I know for me, it's Denny's Family Restaurant. We're known for the Grand Slam, but now we want to be known for the home run because you just had sex and you need to replenish all those proteins and fluids that you just lost doing the wild thing. Come on down and wink at our server and she'll know. You just sealed the deal and now you're ready to eat your meal. Oh, Denny's, you've done it again. Oh, 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 Denny's. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Profession Confession. No, this isn't Gabe Noah, it's a slightly darker Tevin Pittman. We forgot to, uh, we forgot to record an uh, intro for this week's episode, so since Gabe is somewhere selling furniture... I got selected to come in and do the intro. So this week we have Mark Poulos, local comedian here in Minneapolis. He is a blackjack dealer. We originally wanted this to be combined with last week's episode with Charlie, but after talking with Mark, we found out that not only was he a blackjack dealer, he's also or was also a gambling addict. He uh, grew up in a family where gambling played a huge role. They would take frequent trips to, to Vegas. His dad and his brother were both gambling addicts. So there was really a lot of fascinating stories. Uh, I think one thing that's interesting that you'll hear is Gabe being a former heroin addict, Mark being a former gambling addict. They had a real connection. There's some tears being shed, a lot of similarities between the as far as the addiction goes. Mark also has a podcast called One Step from the Spotlight. It is a scripted comedy podcast where he plays a retired news anchor living in Phoenix, Arizona. It's very funny. Check that out. It's on iTunes, anywhere podcasts can be found. On this episode, we will also hear the friendly voice of Steve Gillespie. You may have seen him on Conan. He also has a podcast called Under Our Covers, where he talks about having sex with his wife. So if you've ever wondered what it's like to have sex with Mrs. Gillespie, check that out. It is also on iTunes. Very, very fascinating, very interesting stuff. So without further ado, on with the show. Episode of Profession Confession. You gotta know when to hold them, when to fold them. That's right. I worked on this intro hard. Our next step. I don't know what the fuck. God, I suck at this. Kenny Rogers is in studio. We have Kenny Rogers here. (laughs) We uh, the no, we've got Mark Poulos. We're saying your last name. Oh God. He's a, a veteran blackjack dealer. And degenerate gam- who did not know when to hold them or fold them. He mm, gave his kids' true. fucking future uh, college fund away. Lord almighty, did I. But uh, before we get to that, we want to talk about Blackjack Dealer. Yes. Um, we've had one in here before. Okay. Um, I should say, I should back up and say we have our guest 
Uh, comic Steve Gillespie is here. Hey guys, I'm back. You might know the Steve G-Man. from the G Man. All right, that's a good nickname. <laughs> you know, my nickname was in uh, what's, ninth grade. What's that? The Ultimate Gamesman. The Ultimate Gamesman. That's a long nickname. <laughs> Even the teachers called me that. The ultimate I thought you were going to go with Lotion Boy. <laughs> no, that was later. Okay. So, uh, Blackjack Dealer, how yeah. long were you a dealer? So I dealt from '99 to uh, 2002. So I was uh, I was there for three years. Is that how you refer to it? I dealt like when you come home from yeah. work. You'd say I dealt. Yeah, I dealt. I Part night delting. Toss some cards, to yeah, that, guys. How did you get into it? <laughs> My brother worked there, so I. I was working in TV news thinking that that was going to be my job, but I freaking hated it. And uh, and he was like, just come work here. And I was like, I don't know anything about it. And they actually have a school that you go to yeah. and learn how to do it. And they were like, you're like the top 5% of it. You know everything about it. And I was like, oh, all right. So I, he got me the job. He worked graveyard shift, which was 2 a.m. to 10 a.m. in the morning. So I ended up on that shift uh dealing blackjack so what was your what was your your experience gambling before that or what did you know about blackjack uh i i pl- uh so i started there when i was probably like uh 25 i would guess and then uh i had been playing blackjack since i was 16 okay so, so you i knew you, all the rules and right. everything yeah and in the school what 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 do you think is the hardest part about learning to be a blackjack dealer uh, counting <laughs> yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. No, the car, like when you deal blackjack to a table full of people, like you're expected to to add the cards for them and speak it out. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. And most people it was su- and yeah, yeah, yeah. It was surprising how many people in the class couldn't be like nine and six is fifteen or you know. Yeah, you throw those aces there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other so lady we had just uh, she did talk about how much. Um, you'd miscount and pay something where like you knew the second that you paid it like oh i fucked that one up but sometimes well, you just keep I, going i had a thing where i was on vacation for a week and i got back to work and i got to my first table and it was saturday night and the table was full of people and all these chips were on the table and i flipped out the whole first hand and then i flipped my cards and pulled them out I paid everybody at the table and i swept all the cards up and no one was touching their money <laughs> and i went I pulled 21, didn't I? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, eh, whatever. Nobody's watching. Really? <laughs> but they are watching, aren't they? I mean, they, they are They got watching. cameras in the sky. But it's so fast. So fast. No that, like, catch people, people don't catch on to it. And they're not looking times. for little errors, yeah, supposedly. No, I mean, you probably cost the casino, what, at that point? I mean, I mean uh, what was it like 200 bucks? A couple hundred bucks, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah it yeah, was yeah. just, it was nothing. A drop in the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, can we say the name of where you worked? Or oh, I don't care. Okay, I was yeah. there, it was, Mystic Lake. It was yeah. Mystic Lake, okay. My that's shift a nice was casino, always... Though. That's one of the nicer ones. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's I think considered that's the biggest top money. tier in Minneapolis, yeah. or Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. 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 And what, uh, so did you always do blackjack? What do you remember of your first time going out? It's still a weird thing, I would imagine, oh, to, yeah. if you play it, to stand on that so side of the table. When did, I, you get, uh, did you get a rush? Did you get a rush when you first started out? Like, were you getting a rush as, like, you know how a gambler is going to get yeah. a rush? Obviously, if you won, would you <laughs> be like, yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah. I mean, are you, is there, so mean, I don't know. What's funny is, like, the, 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 ta- the things I thought about when I first came up to the table was the fact that we had to wear these weird costumes, and I 
was probably about 100 pounds more than I am right now, and they mm-hmm. didn't fit that well. Yeah. So you'd have to wear this, like, vest, and my <laughs> stomach was always poking out of the bottom of it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I came up to the table, and the table was so short that it was hitting me in the balls. You just had your balls so I had to the like table. <laughs> I had to stretch my legs really far out to, like, get a center of balance. But so in the locker room, of, or I don't even know if it's the locker room, but in the locker room of the dealers, there's there's dumpers and there's there's uh, people that win for the casino. You know, they're they're you know, for whatever reason, like whether you're a good gambler or a bad gambler, dealers, when they come to a table for whatever reason, they either give away money or they take it all in. And, and that and that's consistent through their sh- consistent like, so through you, all casinos. So it's just like a, it's, it's almost like your touch on the cards. Yes, that's what? weird. Really, and the people that work there treat you. They track it like, like they shit. If you're a dumper, and you're like raised up, if you're one of the cleaners, what do you weird. think the difference is? I really there don't isn't. know because when <laughs> I should be right. Yeah, no. When I dealt there. There was no machines shuffling the cards. We were okay. only shuffling the cards ourselves. And some and people would 99? say... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So they would say that uh, people that had a tighter shuffle, like a tighter riff on the cards, would would take money back in. A tighter riff? Like the, yeah, <laughs> like, like whatever. Really, yeah. one card, one card, mm-hmm. one card. Shufflers, yeah. And people that had a chunky shuffle would like... Dump the money. That out. should make no difference over the long run. Yeah, you'd think. What but the think? thing too about Mystic was uh, across when I started there, everybody split tips. You didn't get to keep the money that you made. You would end the shift, and then you would come on the next day, and you would find out how much money we brought in, and then they would chop it up amongst all the dealers that work there. And it was great sometimes on Graveyard when a whale would come in mm-hmm. and win a ton of money lady. and tip. <laughs> like a bit, yeah, no, like Louis Anderson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so then you would come in and because you got base pay, you got $5 an hour and then plus the tip rate. And sometimes when the whales would come in and dump a ton of money, you would come in the next day and your tip rate was like $32 an hour. Wow. So you would make the five plus the thirty two. So the that eight hours you just work, you got paid. So it's based on the hours. It's just based on the tips that were going on for the shift that you were working. Yeah. Not so you're not two splitting to it up over. Yeah. Okay. So if the but whale they comes change. in the last two hours of your shift, do you get it for over your entire time before oh, then, yeah. or just you? Do? So they count. So they switch the boxes at shift change, and then they dump them all in. And they count oh, it out. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but when I was there for and they. The swing shift dealers got mad because there was a shorter amount of people dealing on Graveyard, so we got higher tip rates. Oh, yeah. But swing shift was getting tons of money because that's when everybody is there. It's yeah, like yeah. 6 to 9 or 9 to 2 in the morning or whatever. So they changed the rules so it was all day. So they would take the money from all day and chop it up amongst all the people that dealt that day, and tip rates went like, you know through the floor yeah. really so they're making like 12 bucks what's an interesting hour to point. me is like okay so you they're getting upset with people that are giving money away they're treating yeah. it like shit but if you only have dealers that are taking money in eventually if nobody's ever winning yeah then people aren't going to come 
right? You're gonna yeah. keep gambling if you just keep losing. You well, gotta have somebody giving money away. It, it was just it was surprising to me how personal like the floors and the pits would take it if you were giving away money. Yeah, that surprises me. Too. I was there for about six months when I got my first opportunity to deal in high stakes, mm -hmm. and high stakes just meant that the minimum bet was $25 and then there was other tables where the minimum bet was 100 to 2000 mm. was the maximum and I did well up there I did okay I wasn't really I was giving away money but I wasn't like a dump dumper mm -hmm. at that point <laughs> but what for some what oh, sorry sorry no go no. ahead no no you keep going oh so for whatever reason, there was a day where I was dealing on the hundred to two thousand dollar table, and there was just one guy playing two hands, and um, me and another dealer were were doing half hours on the table, so we just tap on, tap off, and in a course of like six hours of me and him going back and forth, we gave this guy like fifty seven thousand oh. dollars or something, <laughs> and it turned out he was a mailman. And it was around Christmas time, and he was like, well, I just got a call from, from the post office. I got to go. And I'm like, you're on a run of a lifetime. And he's like, 50000 isn't going to pay for the rest of my life. Like, I need my job at the post office. Right. I yeah, have to yeah, go. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. what? That's yeah. just insane, man. He did well, leave? You got to walk. Yeah, he walked away. You got to mm. walk. But he probably did a good thing because he would have probably right, he would have dumped it back in. At least 10 grand of it, you would yeah. think, if he was betting. I don't know how much he was betting. but Yeah, but the, so I, the fourth time that I came to the table and we were giving this guy money, I was just about to go onto the table, and one of the floors told me that my shuffle was bad. So he's like, fix your shuffle. And I'm like, all right. So I made it tighter, and I made it tighter. Two more times after that, I was about to go on the table, and the floor pulled me aside, and he goes, dump the shoe. And I was like, what do you mean, dump the shoe? He goes, I'm glad throw you it didn't on. know what that meant either. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so he goes, throw it on the floor. And I was like, what do you mean, throw it on the floor? And he goes, just knock it off the table so it goes everywhere, and then we have to get fresh cards. And I was like... That's so fucking diabolical. Uh, okay. I can't even that's believe so crazy it. Is that. it's like, that's, that's superstitious. Right? Yeah. Because, I mean, you're still shuffling. It's still a random order of cards. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, it shouldn't matter. But still, matter. don't you believe, I know when I play blackjack, and I'm not a, just this prolific player, but I've played a lot, and I've won yeah. a decent amount, and a lot, whenever I go to Vegas, I win, and I lose whenever I play at Mystic. <laughs> yeah. But I really do have this thing where it's like, I believe blackjack is a chemical thing. Like, you feel it at the table, or it's like, we are on a fucking run, yeah. and we're all making money. And it goes, and the second that vibe changes or whatever, it's like, yeah. get the fuck out of there. That's how I feel about craps. That's how I feel yes, about craps. Yes, I, I agree. Craps and any time that, that the casino is doing anything to fuck with that vibe is actually, yeah. to me, yeah. diet, that should be against their license. <laughs> that's yeah. fucking evil. Well, yeah. that's, it's like, they, and it's, it's so just like black and white sometimes, because sometimes there's like a section where there's one table open, and that table has to close, so they that person can go home, and this person can go home, and the casino can save money, and the only way that table can close is if everyone leaves the table. Like, they'll never come up and be like, this table's this closing, leave. leave. Yeah. So that's when they like employ the dealer that just beats everybody because <laughs> they no need shit. to close it So it's down. almost like yeah. a, they call it a cooler. I yeah. Mean, it's like the cooler. I've ever seen that movie with William H. Yeah. Macy. But and I, I just, I don't know what it was, but the history of me there, like the majority of the time I was just giving away money to everybody else. But Do you know your lifetime stats or what your percentages were essentially? 
I mean, or like, how do they yeah. communicate to you that you are the you're a dumper? Well, so I uh, wear a fucking yeah. I have a sign on your back. You're a dumper, Pulos. <laughs> so I had that incident, and I think three days after that, I gave uh, some lady like thirty thousand dollars, and then after that, I was never out of the two dollar blackjack pit. Every time I would come in, I would be scheduled. Did you the, feel good when you gave back thirty grand or fifty seven grand? How did that make? I thought good? it was cool. Yeah. Like I, I enjoyed the the whole. They, they were so excited, you know, yeah. the mailman and this guy. <laughs> made were, so I was happy. like, yeah. this is so great, you yeah, know. For sure. And I got so much shit when I came off the table. I was really? just like, what the hell, You man? mean from other dealers or just the pit boss? From whoever. Just the pit or whoever. You know, because I, I feel like it's 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 like an up the chain type of thing. So the floor has to report to the, the pit and then the pit has to uh, report to the, you know, the supervisor. So when they come and I feel like it's almost like a. Uh, a thing where they're like, oh, my tables made a lot of money tonight. And then other people are like, we lost tons of money tonight. It's like, why does that even matter? You know? Especially when you think that um, you have no incentive. In fact, you have disincentive to for the casino to win because if the players win, you probably get more yeah, tips. Right? For sure. Mm. And that was the other shitty thing is that we couldn't tell them that we get tipped. Right. We couldn't say it. So, if oh, somebody tipped us, we could make a big deal about it to be like, oh, this person tipped us. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But we can't walk on the table and have like a cup that says, you know, yeah. tips accepted or whatever. Yeah. I'll be honest. I have no, I do not tip in casinos. I you just piece of shit. I don't, really? I don't do Asshole. It. I don't do it. I, don't, I play a lot of poker. I don't tip. Because I get it. You're an employee of the thing, and I get that. I'm, maybe I don't have I, a really I can't piece, wait but to I'm hear still, this explanation. I'm still, <laughs> I know. Because I'm, I'm putting my money on the table when I know that I have a disadvantage already. Yeah, but I'm already the fucking a dealer's fault. <laughs> it's yeah. not. It's game. not. But it is the casino's fault. Yes, it is. So, yeah. and you're an employee of the casino, so and you have no the, humanity. Yeah, yeah, you're sticking it to the man by you're not paying. Shoving I get it, man. I get it. And I, I understand why you would be upset, but I. You know what not, you should do? I'm not slap the maids at the hotel you stay at <laughs> because <laughs> the room's so shitty. <laughs> This is a tube television. Yeah, that's, that's not you can't because you're at a disadvantage. I'm I'm I, giving money where I'm going to lose most of the time. Yeah, but you're so the one I do who walked win, in. I'm not there. giving you. I'm not giving away a cent of it. They didn't funnel you in, motherfucker. You. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> in there on your own. And so so. I, I mean, I I, mean, I actually think uh, that you have a somewhat logical it is take logical. on it. Yeah, it is logical. I'm but not it's just it aren't so cold. Are you saying that it's, it's very only cold. if only if you lose? Like if you were to win thirty thousand, are you going to give? The if I won thirty thousand dollars, I would tip. But I'm not. I'm never uh, gambling that much money where I would. But I mean, so like no, you're looking at it in such a grand view. Like, wouldn't if I went fifty dollars? Uh, like one I'm cool giving, hand, I'm you're not, not going to give him a dollar for no. I what <laughs> what about yeah? Dime. I don't you're give a, piece a dime of shit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do when you go to the? Oh, so okay, are you a good tipper when you go to the bar? Yes. Okay, why? <laughs> because I'm not at a disadvantage. No, oh, yes, it, they are impairing you. They are actually okay. impairing yeah. you. No. All right, but I'm not. I'm not at a, like a financial disadvantage. I'm not like. I, I'm not. Try, I'm not putting risk. You're really looking there. as a money thing up where yeah, I, just, I think I they'd am. say this is entertainment. It's like a service thing. Yeah, yeah this I'm not is looking entertainment. at it as entertainment. Yeah. I, I probably just gamble too much. That's probably what it is. You're there to make money. <laughs> yeah. If I, yeah, if yeah. I was, I mean, especially with poker. I, I, I will poker say that on that that hand when I when when 
you know, I was losing and losing, I would never tip anybody because I'm just like, yeah, I'm not you tipping. Know what? If I'm losing, yeah. I'm not tipping. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I, I always try to do, because I always see myself as like a George Clooney type or something. <laughs> like I have some ridiculous, yeah, like I'm classy or something. Yeah. So even though I'm not at all, and I'm like, whatever. But I have this idea that like, well, I've lost my hundred, so I better say something smarmy and throw them five bucks or something. But sometimes that really so hurts like to do. face? Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I'm totally Looks fake, like you know. the clock is run out. Yeah, yeah. Five dollars, sir. Yeah, I'll say something about their eyes. I'll like compliment them or something like the only. I tell I, I, you know, I might. Have I've lost. never enjoyed have, an ass whipping as much as I have tonight, <laughs> sir. Five dollars. I might have lost on this table tonight, but knowing you, I feel richer than. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's why. I, People often refer to me as Clooney-esque, but <laughs> but I will say, absolutely. If I just go and where you step up and you dump ninety bucks in seven minutes <laughs> yeah. or whatever, I just get it and fucking yeah, yeah, walk yeah. away. How do you, as a dealer, feel about that? About you know, the not like the or? dude who comes and dumps a hundred bucks in twenty minutes and walks away without tipping you. Do you I, still go? I find I find it funny. <laughs> I sure. used to find it funny. You're also a piece of shit. <laughs> So you didn't feel bad for that guy? No. Have you, I mean, okay. I there mean, was, there was a lady this, one time when I was in high stakes. She sat down. And, and this is probably the only story of me taking someone's money that I have. Is She came and sat down. And she was playing two hands. Uh, and and she got eights on the first hand. And she got aces on the second hands. And she was betting max. She was betting 2,000 on both hands. Okay. The eights go to three with two double downs. The aces go. So wait, she split the eights. Splits the eights. Splits the eights. Because I'm showing a six. Okay, so she splits and the eights. And then she gets threes. She gets. Sh- she splits it to three. Three eights. So she's got okay. six thousand on the first hand. Wait, so there's two. There's two eights. A pair of eights another comes. Another eight comes. Yeah. Out. Another eight comes out. Uh huh. So she splits so she, the two eights. She gets another eight. She yeah. splits that. So now she has three, three eights. eights. Okay. So she's got six grand. Yep. Two of them go to double down. So she gets like a three or a two on Three that. and a two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so now she's got 10 grand on this one hand. And she goes to the aces. And at uh, Mystic, if you split aces, you Pays can only get money. one card on. You can't double yeah. on the split. So okay. the aces, uh, they I think it was just the two. So she had, I just remember there was $12,000 on the table. Wow. Not one hand higher than 19, and I'm showing a six. Mm-hmm. And I flip my undercard, and I have 10, and I went. 16. Uh, so no, I had a hit. six and a four. Oh, yeah, six and four. Okay. Oh, okay. A total right, right. of 10. Sorry, I had so a four her, underneath. Okay. So her heart dropped 10, into her stomach. And I went. 10 and just cleared the table <laughs> and she didn't even flinch right she just reached into her like purse and threw a wad of like another 10 grand up there and on that scenario i was just like well it doesn't seem like it means too much to her yeah, so i'm not even gonna bother me sure but there were a lot of people that uh that i did feel bad for because say, there's gotta be because at that point like i was so far into gambling like i understand i understood their pain that they were going through like one guy came in and i don't know if it's true or not you never know what people mm-hmm. are saying but he he put a hundred dollars on the table is dirty and crumpled and he said his mom had died the day before and he didn't have the money to bury her so he was there to gamble to try to get the money to bury her. And that's I was my, trying. That's my plan. <laughs> <laughs> I 
financial plan. I was I was trying my best to to help him win, but he lost all of it in like four hands. I've never seen somebody break down so much at the blackjack table. I was just like I felt so bad for this guy. How so? How did he break down? He just started weeping at the table, oh. and then the I like floor had to come on. <laughs> that sounds more, I don't know more sympathetic. And then he just kind of walked out crying, you know. But just just to give you an idea of like the heartlessness mm-hmm. of the casino business, I was dealing one time, and a guy sitting at first base, which is the first hand mm-hmm. on the left. Uh, fell out of his chair onto the floor and ended up having a seizure. So I put, there's always a cover under there to put over the chips in case of emergency. So I just take the cover out and put it on the chips and, you know, the first responders are working on them and stuff. And we're all just kind of like, is this guy going to be okay or not? You started betting on it? And there's a, my, (laughs) 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 10 to 1 odds, this guy is dead in five minutes. But my supervisor, like the, the floor supervisor, like even the, the the guy the supervisor that was there was like engrossed in the whole thing but the big like guy came over and he was like what's going on and i go this guy's having a seizure and he's like <laughs> he looks like they got it under control take the cover off and start dealing <laughs> i was like all righty <laughs> and i do expect that i mean in a way i sort of expect that yeah um what what you know, when you I said was surprised at how many to... people got caught uh, doing s- like sex acts in the casino. It always like ripples through acts. the casino really fast. Like two people just got busted in like pit J for like getting a hand job under the table or something. That's what, what the, the other fuck? dealer we had said. Yeah, yeah people jacked everywhere. off under, Guy... sucked off too. Yeah, sucked. Wait, what? That has never been possible? sucked off playing blackjack. <laughs> <laughs> One guy was just like, one guy was playing $2 blackjack with one of the hot girl dealers, and he was just like jerking off the whole time while they were. Uh, (laughs) Do you want to hit? I thought you were going to say he was getting sucked off playing $2 blackjack because that's. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I might be losing up here, but down below. (laughs) Jack it Yeah. You know, I'm starting to call my semen my jack. (laughs) You guys ever do that? No. No. I lost my jack. Your jack? Why? My jack. Why? I'm jacking off. Jack. What are you, what are you, <laughs> what are you, ta- what are you saying? When you I speak to my wife, when, Mrs. when I speak to Mrs. Noah, yeah. I say, you've taken my jack. <laughs> <laughs> you, like, you like throw her a towel and tell her to wipe yeah, the jack wipe, off her wipe face? Wipe that jack off your face. <laughs> time for me to go to the furniture store. You got a store. jack in the hole. <laughs> you can't embarrass, you can't show up at the furniture store with that jack on your chin. <laughs> You said Jack in the Hole. I stepped on that. That was very funny. Hilarious. Jack in the Hole. So I got it. So have you ever noticed people that were they would gamble for ten hours and they would go in their car in the parking lot, sleep, and then come back like two or three hours later and gamble? Because I I know I saw I I made friends. I played poker a lot. So they would would go up and play. I play poker a lot. He's a fucking loser. Right, <laughs> Welcome to the 21st century. Has anybody ever gone to I mean, the those toilet people, slept? Those people probably <laughs> don't have the money for the hotel room. Like, where they're oh, like, yeah. you know what I mean? They're, I'll just sure. sleep in my car and yeah. I'll come back. Because I know there's people. Not that I haven't done that ever. <laughs> have you done that? Of course. Really? Get oh. out of here, man. We're going right. to get to that. Let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's do yeah, the highlight over sure. the blackjack dealer shit. Just because I want to know yeah, things no, like, fine. what's the saddest guy? Like, you know, 
How many times have you sat across from someone where you know this dude is gambling money, he shouldn't be gambling, yeah. or, oh, you know, that kind lot. of stuff? You know, I mean, it, it happened more often than not because of the shift that I was on, the 2 a.m. to 10 a.m. shift. Sure. You know, that's not the shift that you get the people that are out for a good time. They're not partying. And, you know, they're out with their friends because it's their birthday or whatever. 4.30 a.m. on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. those are like the people that are in at the end of their rope gambling-wise. Yeah. You know, it's just um, they're just there to try to get one more dollar one more win and you just know that you know they're they're away from their families and they're away from their stuff and they're just this is what they do you know i think the saddest moments were probably we would get stuck on rotations working holidays Mm -hmm. and there was a few times that i would have to work the 2 a.m to 10 a.m christmas eve into christmas shift Mm -hmm. and man those were just brutal to come into and just you know see people alone because of just the looks on people's faces kind of or i mean would they tell you like just a desperate this is the last yeah i mean some people would some people would you know give the sob story you know sometimes the blackjack dealers like you know the bartender the cab driver where they Mm. can't talk to anybody else so they're just gonna you know yeah say say their stuff you know i was i was doing this gig a couple of weeks ago and, and this lady was there and she, <laughs> it was just like, the, we're about to do this show, you know, this comedy show. And she, she's talking about, uh, how, how sad she was. Cause she was a dealer at a different casino in Wisconsin and she had a regular that would come in and gamble all the time. And they knew he had a problem and they knew that he was, um, like, you know, losing everything, but there's not much that they can do about it except for try to deter him, but he's just going to keep coming. So he had gambled on like a 14 hour shift and, um, he was just like a sleeping at the table and they were like, listen, it was like one of these small town casino type of things. And they're like, listen, we got you a free room, you know, just go upstairs, get some sleep, you know, maybe things will look better in the morning, you know? And he was so regimented about his gambling, like they were, they were surprised that he wasn't there at his table at that certain amount of time. And then they, they found that he had killed himself that night in the hotel room. And I was like, thanks for that story right before the comedy show. Yeah. It's, you know, some of those stories would ripple through mystic you would come in and and there were so many regulars because it's so close to the city you know it's like yeah people be it's not like a vegas mm. casino did you ever say to them like did you ever see them and kind of go like hey man like but you know ever personally kind of say like you need help. yeah like you need help or get out of here or anything like that you know at that time probably not because yeah. i was so far deep in that I didn't want to face my own stuff, so I wouldn't like right. have reached out to anybody that was, you know, right. losing control because I couldn't see it in myself. So sure. I wouldn't be like, "Hey, you ever thought about, you know, yeah, going to cutting back or not doing this?" Cutting you know? back. <laughs> Did you ever? Um, how about people out of control as far as their gambling goes? Do you ever see them where, like, bad examples of? Okay, if I start, I have this stupid idea. That if I lose like five hands straight, the next one I'm going to put in a big old stack. Because who can lose six hands straight? Right? <laughs> yeah. And 
and or even making reckless hits or all that kind of shit like that. Oh yeah. Do you do you think of any really bad examples of that or things that you see? I don't know. Well, there was there were so many times that people would split tens and it would just like fucking blow sanity, people's dude. minds at the table. I've done that and, and then they're like people have to <coughs> act after them or people have to and then they're fucking in the whole yeah. hands up. Uh-huh. So you've probably seen fights. and oh, shit. Oh yeah, yeah, man. yeah, it's uh, it, it gets out of control real fast because people are so superstitious and they're so like they know how the game is played and they believe that if everyone is in it together and everybody's playing the game correctly that's how we beat the dealer yeah yes and a lot of times obviously that's not what it is it's just random cards i've been yelled at before at the table for doing a dumb (laughs) thing and i and it was and i knew it was and i was just because I was losing so much, but I thought if we did one on, I, I mentioned one on the last podcast, and I totally forgot another time I did that, and I've I've been trying to be funny before and fucking hit on eighteen or something, just dumb yeah. shit like that, and and where they had a face card up, but whatever, but it pisses people off. Yeah, and one guy who yelled at me did it, and then he lost behind me, and then every hand he won after me, I said. See that one? You won because of me. <laughs> that one because, and it's because it just it's pissed true. me off yeah, so yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. It is such bullshit. Have you ever seen um, fights between players like like ever get physical or get really ugly? Oh shit, man! All really? the time, especially on Saturday nights when you know you just get these different personalities at the table because it's just like everybody is gambling on Saturday. It's like you know your your forty year old uncle alongside a kid from South Minneapolis, alongside, like... You say black eye, doesn't um, matter. (laughs) (laughs) Alongside, like, those hardcore, like, Hmong gamblers from, like, St. Paul that are all on the same table together, and the people that don't know what they're doing or they could give a shit they're just playing because it's saturday and it's fun and you got this guy on first base that's there literally trying to like make his mortgage payment and mm-hmm. this dumbass is splitting tens and it's just like they the security there was pretty fast so it was never much more than like shoving or like swings and then the security would be there and it would be done so right i got beat up by Mung gang once but like, really? yeah, outside of the drink in Uptown. What the fuck, Gabe? Jesus Christ. Yeah. You just hang out Why? with me more often so you I don't know. have to have shit like that happen to you? <laughs> oh, no. You just hang out with me so it happens to you. <laughs> more stories. No, it was really scary because they're little and they're yeah. mean. <laughs> so they're so there was, angry. They're I don't know if you want to know about the uh, the scams that people would try to Absolutely. The, the cheating that people would try yeah, to do. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Fascinating, yes. So there was, there was a ton of different scams people tried to pull on me. That I didn't even notice, and people would catch on. Like, one of the biggest ones at Mystic was the $5 chips were red and black, and the $100 chips were black and red. So what a lot of people would do is they would they would put, like, $15, like, three $5 chips out there, and then they have one where there's, like, a $100 chip in there, and then, like, keep it real close. And then if they would win, they would, like, do the switch out, and then you'd go to pay them, and they'd be like, oh, hey, there's... Wow, hundred dollar chip in there, and you're like, oh, well, you know, you're supposed to put the big ones at the bottom or whatever, and then we're like, oh, I'll do it next time, you know. Mm. That scam was also, I found out, uh, dealer to player scam, where the cameras weren't watching, so they would they would pay them five dollar, hundred dollar, five dollar on fifteen dollar bets, like. 
the dealer and the player were in on it together mm-hmm. and they would come in and play and, and they would just basically give them like thousands of dollars that way. Really? Yeah. How pretty, often did that happen? Or how, I mean, like, hear about do you it think that's every com- night? No yeah. shit. Wow. For sure. So if a player were to get caught doing something like that, is there legality? Is there like, are they calling the police? Cause I feel like no one, like the police are like, fuck you. You're a casino. Yeah. Gives a fuck. <clears throat> I never saw like the police called. Yeah, only one time because there was there was a there was a dealer in high stakes. Every day he stole a five hundred dollar chip off of his table. He had like it down so pat that he would like he would steal it, and then he would like scratch his leg and it would like slide down his pants into the cuff on the pants, and then he would just take it home that day. And he had done it for so long and hadn't got caught for so long that he got caught because one day he stood at a table with no players for 40 minutes and still stole the chip. (laughs) Because he had such balls that he wasn't going to get caught. And no repercussions happened to him because he got the heads up that that they had it on camera and they, they were coming to get him. And he, like I guess, flushed it down the toilet so they didn't even have it on him. And he did it so fast and had such good, like, hand mechanic skills that they didn't even have it on camera. All they had was the, the count of the table right. and the count after. So That's he amazing. lost his job, but then you know, it, people, like, extrapolated, like, what he, how long he'd been doing it and how much he had stolen. And, and they were estimating it was, like, over $250,000. Fucking shit. Yeah. We had, uh, I wouldn't feel one fucking drop of... <laughs> Remorse. You're Steve, Steve I still wouldn't tip him. You $250,000 from a casino, good. Good. I, I had one time where I was he standing on the Americans. I was standing on the ed- <laughs> I was standing on the edge table of high stakes and the edge table was like the front door was there probably like 50 steps from the front door the side table of high stakes was there and I'm, no one's playing my cards are fanned and I'm just kind of like dazing off and this guy comes running in the front door dives onto my table and what? grabs a handful of $100 chips and just runs right back out the door. He made it? <laughs> no way. Well, I don't know if they got him in the parking lot. Or not. I just thought it was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> so wait, the, the lights shut off or something? What did you, what, what the lights shut off? What happened? He, he just ran in and ran out? <laughs> yeah. This is Ocean's Eleven. So <laughs> It's a low rent door, Ocean's Eleven. The door the was switch. right there, like 50 steps away. So he came running in the door. He had good shuttle run like, time. Dove up onto the table and grabbed a handful of chips, and then he ran right back out the door. Did you <laughs> attempt to off. chase him, or were you like, that's not my job? I can't leave my table. Oh, okay. so oh, I suppose. I, I just told did the, floor, yell, hey? the floor, saw him. He goes, <laughs> stop. Security, get him. What, what did, um, that's awesome. So the other dealer we talked to, she had a thing of, they had a new casino open, they, and they introduced craps, yeah. and a Chicago gang came in and had, uh, way to die, and they like snuck they them on. They switched the die out. Yep, and they oh, and she's oh. like, and they took them for big money. Wow! Did you ever hear stuff like that from <coughs> whatever blackjack table, anything like that? I can't even think of other big scams besides no, coming. No. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, they have like teams who count cards and yeah. do their things like that. But some f- counting card stuff. There was uh, yeah, but that that, like that takes. I mean, that's pretty easy to spot because they're just picking. Yeah. Like they're they're jacking up their bets yeah. all of a sudden at a weird time, right? I mean, that's kind of what I happened. mean, the only stuff that would really happen out there because everybody was so watched was like the chip play stuff where they would like sneak chips in and, and 
you know, two people would be working together and they would catch on to it pretty quick and then they'd both be tossed out of there. I was when I was in yeah. Vegas playing craps, there was a point and I I've, I've heard it and see that like stealing from other people like yep. stealing from other players. Yeah. And it really had this guy with a giant rack of hundreds and it was like there's just so many opportunities where I'm like, I know I could grab four yeah. or five yeah, of them yeah, and just and walk away like nothing, but yeah. But I'm an honest person. Yeah. But that's <laughs> that's the thing, too. It's <laughs> like when you have a full table and every single seat is open, people have all their chips out there. Like there was accusations tons of times of people just like sneaking some chips from the guy next to him and stuff. You could never prove it. You know, they'd be right. like, let's go to the yeah, tape. Yeah, but even with the know? tape, they, they wouldn't. Here's here's the inside scoop on the tape. This no is one's from watching it. this is from back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how it is now, but back then they would tell us that they would have the eyes in the sky, but to zoom like they would have to be actively like interested in a certain like cheat and have the camera zoomed in watching because they got tipped off. At random, like the cameras are just widescreen. Mm. You know, they can't right. go, at that time they couldn't go back and zoom into a specific thing where they're like, oh, this happened over there. Like, they spent a lot of time saying that the dealers and the floors and the supervisors would have to be on that, you know. And put them on it. See, that's weird, because when I was there and they said the eyes in the sky are watching, I just thought they meant God. <laughs> <laughs> and that was enough Hello, for me. And you, and you behaved yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> that's all you needed to hear. Well, I'm not going to burn in hell for I this. I over there. What? Um, <laughs> Don't um, and then the the other thing that's always interesting to me is that sometimes you get dealers where it's like, I know this motherfucker hates me. And I'm funny yeah. all the time. You know, I'm always <laughs> trying to be funny. And, and it is weird to feel that, like, it's so much less fun when someone comes and you're like, I know this dude hates me. He's fucking <laughs> mopping up the money against us. And he's not smirking. He didn't even enjoy that. Are there times that... Like that stick out to you where you're like, God, I want this motherfucker to lose. Like just, oh yeah, people you hated above and yeah. beyond because they were just like complete dicks the whole time and just like making it personal. Mm -hmm. Like, like there I go again, beating your ass. Like what the? Why are we right. even doing this right yeah, now? Yeah. You know? Did you ever? Was there any way for you to tweak them at all, or was there ever a thing that you could do? Or you know, I. I don't know. You know, I, I was so straight laced there. Like there were other dealers that would pull shit where they would like, you know, uh, give them a hit when they didn't want it and make the hand. No shit. And, uh, like, I miss, would fucking lose my steal shit. It, if that happened. Where like they asked for the hit and then they hit the person next to him. Like anytime like a card was out of place, it was complete miss steal and it would have to be scooped up and started over again. Oh, so that's that fucking oh, diabolical. So like the only, that was like the only move that you kind of had against, you know, it's just to miss steal the hand. And you guys are giving me shit for not tipping <laughs> fucking dealers. I'm on Steve's side Fuck now. Steve, it happens, yeah. man. You I'll tip a server. I'll tip servers. I tip everybody else. I don't tip casinos. Yeah. No way. No, it's just, yeah, people would come in and, and have a lot of attitude about, because uh, that was the other thing, too, was there was people that, that would look at it as like a vendetta against that dealer. I don't know if you've ever seen that before, where if you lose money to this dealer, some people would be, my dad was like this, like he, you took my money, so I'm going to follow you around the casino all night and get my money back from you. Like, <laughs> what a terrifying guy. I, I don't know why. <laughs> But, like, I always had the opposite of it. If I sat down with somebody and they took my money, I would be like, well, I'm just going to go to a different person now. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It was like Asian, Vegas vacation. Asian women dealers. <laughs> Saw that movie. 
Asian women dealers yeah, take your money. Just get all the, the fuck out of there. No, there is a different. There's some. It's just to me. It's all about attitude and feel. So and when you're, playing, I like I like fun. women dealers way better than men dealers, just because it's just pleasant. Typically, we're just pleasant. like looking at boobs. Asian lady Jacking dealers are I mean, not pleasant. <laughs> I don't, I've, I've always found it easier to just like enjoy myself. I don't know why. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I've always felt comfortable in the in the <laughs> company of women more than men. So maybe that's what it is. But thanks for coming on the show. Today. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> And what do you think about tipping um, Asian women dealers with a little cup of my Jack? <laughs> I couldn't wait to get. I that can't. Out. I can't wait till you go back to a casino and you have an Asian lady dealer, and the whole time that you're at the table, you got a Jack in the hole. Jack in the hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I bet you got a Jack in the hole. Well, I feel good about this fun. I, I think there's the one thing before we go to your uh, degenerate scumbag <laughs> yeah. ways is to. Um, I don't think you ever uh, did answer exactly how the casino tells you that you're a dumper or a. They just winner. put you on the two dollar tables. Okay, okay, just where it's, they place. You. Yeah, and and people would say it to you, you know, in the in in the downstairs. You sure like you cafeteria. just didn't spend a lot of time in the bathroom and you're misinterpreting? That's yeah, quite possible. Yeah. Dumper, a lot of a lot of <laughs> get my jack out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> What? Uh, oh God! So, so, and then the big um, underpinning with this, and that that we haven't got to yet, is that you were a gambling addict. Oh, hold on! Art? What? I have one more question about being a dealer. Yeah. So the last okay. dealer, she said For there's sure. a safe in the um, casino. Do oh yeah, you, they have a safe. What, do, you, do you know how like much a safe word? No, like a safe. Oh, like where they put all the money. Do you have any do you idea know the of how much? Yeah. Do you have any idea of how much money? Is in there on any given How much night? cash, How cash much is cash? on hand? Well, there's, I mean, it's got to be a lot. You know, they used to mm. talk about. <laughs> okay. Mm. <laughs> well, I'll. <laughs> mm, okay. So. Surprising. I'll give, I'll give you some examples. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they used to rate the performers that came into the casino on their drop. So they would count how much money, how much cash came in through the tables that night and that would relate to like how well that performer did at the casino because people would come in and see him and then they would stay to play and for some reason they would anyway so as far as i remember from there george carlin had the biggest uh cash drop at mystic which was 1.4 million dollars or something like that when you say drop you mean mean loss on it that's how much he brought into cash like to put into chips no 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 so the drop is how much cash was brought into the casino that night from everybody gambling in the casino. George Carlin lost one point four million oh, in one no, night. No, they're saying so. Like, depending on what performer comes in, you're going to bring in a certain amount of cash because you're anticipating having to pay out a certain amount. Oh, of money. you're saying George Carlin was there to performing, and that's I don't so know he, what the fuck anyone said. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> this is no self So on a Wednesday night, no one's performing. People come in and they gamble. Yes. And they give cash and mm-hmm. they exchange for chips. Correct. And at the end of the night, they count it all up and they're like, this is how we did tonight. This is how much the casino won. Yeah. Okay. So then when they have a performer there, those rates go up because more people are coming into the casino to see the performer mm. and stay and gamble. 
So like, so uh, you got a one point four million dollars surge in your yes, winnings. There it is because there of go. George Carlin. Yeah. That seems like that seems kind of like one point four doesn't even really seem like that much money. I guess maybe at ninety nine. boy, uh, Steve. No, I mean, Gillespie I mean, you're saying how many people are coming? How many people are actually coming into the casino? <laughs> I don't. I guess Mystic Lake's not that big of a casino. I don't know. It just seems like, and, and it's probably know. like 1.4 million above what they normally would have. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hand. That's right. I think but the way that they were rating. But they also said that like, I know. <laughs> but apparently, like Jay Leno and Bill Cos, um, Bill Cosby, and certain other performers that came in there, they would get paid cash under the table for their performances there. Like six hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand dollars. Wow! Really? Yeah. Uh, why? Why under the table? What do you uh, mean? I mean, do, do you think they also got a like a you know a reportable salary and then? Well, they have to. I, I think. I think it had something to do with that. It's on a reservation, like a Native American reservation. So it was like outside of. Okay. Tax laws. Yeah, Five hundred grand on tax. They get much. a double That's bag fucking full of cash. Awesome. What other stuff like that do you hear? <laughs> I love that. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, it makes me feel like it, like yeah, I love scumbag shit screen. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that was about it. I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. What about prostitutes? I don't think there was. <laughs> what any about? No, I'm there. saying like, is the casino dealing out prostitutes for like? I don't whales? Think so no. No, you didn't yeah. see any of that. How about this? How do you get a free buffet <laughs> or or, <laughs> a, or even a night out? Ask somebody. Like, is there any sort of like you know? Is is it what I hear is that what you want to do is buy in for a thousand or two thousand, even if you're only going to gamble two hundred, three hundred? No, 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 no. So all. the ratings all run on uh, how long you gamble and how much you're betting per time. What do you so think it takes to, to get free shit? What do you see people lose before they you get could, free you shit? You could play $15 a hand for like five hours, and they would probably give you anything that you wanted out there. Really? Prostitutes. Vegas is a lot different <laughs> than that. You know, the, you have to gamble way more than that to get anything. But Mystic, if, if you, you know, because it's all run on the card, so they rack up your points and everything to see how much you're doing, so... You okay. Know. So then this is, I think, the biggest question. Steve and I met this morning to kind of talk about this one to see how the best way to ask about uh, <laughs> What's the biggest set of boobs you ever saw on someone up there? Like, this is the like, first thing like, we met. This is the like, first thing I came here up. Or here? <laughs> Both had it on top of our Dealing room. or playing? They had breakfast at IHOP to get this. Just whatever. <laughs> Just biggest set you ever seen. Yeah, non-dealing, dealing. This had nothing to do with the last week. your job. I mean, there was, there was a lot of <laughs> dealers out there that had such... Large boobs that they literally covered the tray of chips, <laughs> so they would have to like lean back to get Jesus the chips. Christ, I'm about to lose my jack. <laughs> <laughs> what? And now to more my serious subject. <laughs> you did lose much more than your jack oh, in your thanks, past, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> you were a degenerate, a gambling addict. That is and true. I'm so now. I want to start with this because our 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 co-host here, I wanted him on this because he knows gambling and all that stuff because he gambles a lot. Steve, do you think you're a gambling addict? I think I... This is just an invention. I have a very exactly. obsessive, <laughs> addictive personality, but I also have ADD, HD, and I feel like I'll, there's been times in my life that I was for a short period, and then I got onto something else, and then I pulled Sex. Back. Sex, drugs, performing... Uh, running, performing fucking sex. cycling, performing yeah. sex, uh, 
performing <laughs> oral sex no, I on a bicycle. So I feel like there's been times when the gambling has gotten out of control, and then I've pulled back. And that, that was mostly in my 20s. Now I'm more of... I, I have it much under control as far as, like, I don't really go to casinos. If I do, I'll gamble maybe a little bit. But I, it, poker helped because once I started getting into poker, because poker is not like blackjack. It's not like craps where you're inherently uh, at a disadvantage. Yeah. You're playing against other players. So yeah, um, that's definitely helped. But there was a time that I definitely, I, you know, I, I put $1,700 on a fucking August baseball game when I was <laughs> that's 27 that is, that is years old. Insane. And, it, you know, the game, it, I was doing a gig in Duluth and the game was supposed to be, it was like a day game. And it was supposed to be over by like five, but it went 18 innings. So I was on stage oh when God. it ended and, they, and I lost on a fucking throwing error. <laughs> this is the best part though. So it was through my dad's bookie. Right, my dad had a bookie. We had a bookie forever. All of us were using him. Wow! And um, so I remember being like eight, figure. and the bookie would call and it'd be like, "Dad, it's Uncle Bookie," you know, like whatever. That's like that was the joke. Okay. Um, wow. So I was down like thirty-five hundred dollars. I didn't have the money. I had to call my brother, and then we paid the guy. And two weeks later, the guy died of brain cancer. Oh, you could have just held out. Oh no, ba- unlucky. Yeah, that's unlucky. <laughs> yeah, it's really unlucky. Yeah. So when you say you got into poker because you're not at an inherent disadvantage. Yeah, yeah. So did you tip your poker dealer then? Because you're not at a disadvantage. <laughs> no, nope, I still don't. I don't tip. See, I don't tip in casinos. So I absolutely do not tip in casinos. And 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 I've always. And by the way, I do not. Um, you know, you usually have a sense for how someone is or whatever, and you yeah, seem yeah. more in control than ever, and all that kind of shit. So I I, I truly ask that as a whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, this was like ten not, years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not. I was yeah. way more immature and. Whatever, but yeah, yeah now, now you, you got it that, together. Yeah, now you have that scarf, <laughs> s- scarf and hat. <laughs> well, <you're> solid. <laughs> um, but I do enjoy gambling. I, I absolutely enjoy it. I, I think the rush is real, and uh, I've had some great times doing it. It, it, it just has to be this. I assume, and that's what I want to ask Mark about. Is I assume it's exactly like my drug stuff or whatever. Is that it's just yeah. pushing a button that makes you feel good, and you just absolutely, keep pushing it until it's yeah. gone. What? Yeah. Uh, how did you start gambling, and what? When did you know you had an issue? Well, I I grew up in like a in that environment. You know, my my dad, my brother, my mom, just all gamblers. And really? That's how yeah. it was for me, too. My dad taught us how to gamble, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. I was taught blackjack by my dad at the kitchen table, and, like, he would go to Vegas three times a year and gamble. And we were, really didn't, like, as kids, didn't really understand, like, how much money he was gambling. Uh, and every spring break from, I think... Uh, 13 to like 17, we would go to Vegas as a as family. Ki- as a family, yeah. like they would send him <laughs> right. plane tickets and suites at the Mirage. They, they would at the casino. Wow, like, free food, free drinks. Did your sign family it away. have a lot of money, or I mean, did did your dad? My mom was stay at home dad or stay at home mom. Wow, you guys are very ahead of your time. So. I didn't actually know how much money my dad made until like after he passed and we were like going through everything. But there was a time like in that section, he was he was doing like 200,000 a year working for Norwest and Wells Fargo. Okay, so he was he was absolutely a white collar, a very successful guy and did did well. Yeah. Yeah. No question. The things that we would get for free as kids out there was just like, you know, it just planted that seed like one time I was out there, I think it was like 16, and WrestleMania was at 
Caesar's Palace next door. Unbelievable. And I was like, hey, Dad, is there any chance we can go to WrestleMania? Oh, hang on. And he he's like, hey, any of those tickets for the WrestleMania thing next? Yeah. We were fifth row main floor of WrestleMania 9 at Caesar's Palace. Unbelievable. Which wow. just proves it doesn't yeah. matter how much money you make, it's not going to take away your white trashness. It's just not going <laughs> to take away not. how white trash you are. <laughs> <laughs> money has nothing to do with... I was about to say how amazing that is, but yeah, <laughs> just further solidifies your point. What? But it was just and by the way, like who was the headliner? <laughs> For real. I do want to know. I think I know WrestleMania. Do you know? Do you know? It was uh, Bret Hart versus Yokozuna. I hate it when Bret Hart was. Yokozuna. <laughs> Yokozuna beat Bret Hart and Hulk Hogan challenged Body him slammed. right there Hogan, and won the title oh, yeah. from him. Oh, yeah. Because Hogan didn't want to put Bret over and wouldn't allow him to win the belt at that time. <laughs> Anyway, love it. Love it. This is a lot of inside like wrestling that. No, stuff. that's all right. I like that. But I the next Hulk year Hogan. that we went out there, Van Halen was playing at the big stadium, and I was the only fan. And I was like, I was like, hey, Dad, can I go to the Van Halen con- concert at the Thomas and Mack Center? Calls downstairs, limo picks me up. That's takes amazing. Me to the <laughs> I mean, Van that's amazing. Dad was a superstar. I never like yeah. what. What kind of money? So okay, when you'd go on these trips. Yeah. Is this a happy trip for your dad, or is he like no, he Jesus? Stay the fuck away from dad. He's, you know, <laughs> yeah, he's like in it. There yeah, was, yeah. so he had uh, a, a good ability to like live dual lives, which I think is what I learned from him uh, as I got older. Was like he he had an ability of having his gambling time and mm-hmm. then having his family time. So there was a lot of times where we would be doing like cool stuff during the day, like we'd be going swimming or he'd take us to the Circus Circus water park and you know all this like cool family stuff. And then there was a certain point in the night where we don't talk to Dad because he's got to go because uh, he would need to go and gamble. Because they would kind of front him all this stuff because mm-hmm. of what he did the last time he was there. But to, like, continue to get it, he would have so to go and continue to... He'd feel a responsibility, his, essentially. Yeah. Would your mom protect that? Like, yeah, was you know, was him. it like, yeah, like, you know, stay away from dad or let him go? She was or out she there all by him? herself doing the same thing. Oh, she was oh, gambling, okay. too? Yeah. So we would as kids would just be up in the hotel room like ordering free room service and like movies on the TV and just like and in your head you never thought like oh we're we're big we're big uh no it never you just didn't realize at it, all it never turned uh until so when i was 19 and my brother was 21 and i i ended up getting a fake id it was the craziest thing ever so i I took my brother's birth certificate and I went to the DMV and I said I lost my license. So they took my picture and sent a new driver's license to the house. So we had two exact same driver's license with two different pictures on them. Yeah. And I don't know how that existed at that point. Nobody caught it. But for three years from 19 to 21, I had a legitimate Minnesota driver's license that had my picture on it that said I was 21. I believe that's fucking awesome. Yeah. So I'm happy for you. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why. So it's like a rule mischief. breaking. We just like yeah, mischief. I do. I like mischief, mischief too. Great. I really do. I love, I love it. <laughs> That's part of my whole problem. I just so, love mischief. <laughs> so we'll talk about so, that later. So <laughs> me and my brother and my dad, I don't remember what the occasion was or what it was all about, but we went to Vegas together 
it was it was me and my brother and my dad. It was just us three went to Vegas. How old? I'm sorry. I was 19. Okay. My brother was 21, and and uh, I don't know. My my dad was an older dad. He was mm-hmm. 52 when he had me, so he was older. So we went to the Mirage, and it was like the craziest trip ever because we did nothing but gamble for three straight days. We never passed the lobby for three straight days. Wow. It was hotel gamble, hotel gamble, and. Uh, me and my brother would have to gamble separate away from each other because we had the same ID. So if we got carted together, like yeah. the jig was up. So uh, that was the trip where I learned what was kind of going on because uh, I we were close to him and like it was the first time like we were in the vicinity of him gambling and it was like 500 a hand, like mm. 1500 a hand, like sometimes there'd be a $2,000 bet and like all this craziness. And we were just like, wow, this is like insane that this is happening. You know, at, at first we were like, this is really cool. You That's know? what I want to know. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah. You, yeah. Did your family cool. ever have money problems when you were growing up? I mean, was there uh, times when you're like, hey, we got to tighten the belt or like we got to sell really. something? Or you know, like, it was never like that, you know, until we got older, like, uh, like when I was in my mid to early twenties, like and my dad's health kind of started to slip, and you know he wasn't able to work as much. Like we started realizing like how behind they were, and and like how how many problems there were, you know. But that trip, um, I'll never forget it because it's like burned into my memory. Like I went up to bed and I was laying in bed, like sleeping. And I heard my dad come in, and it was, like, dark in the room, and I think he thought I was asleep, and he just, like, sat on the other bed, like, and started sobbing. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, it was just, like, that aha moment that, like, this, like, isn't fun and cool. Like, you know, he's gambling away probably money that we don't have, you know. Had you heard your dad cry before that? Like, you know, was he? There's dads who are criers, yeah. and there's ones who aren't. Or he, you know, uh, he was kind of an emotional dad, and sure. I'm kind of the same way. And I think it just runs in our family. So he had cried sometimes, but, but you knew, yeah, like, like I you knew, knew what this was that, connected to that. I knew what that cry meant. You know, it was just like wow, and it was pretty eye opening. But that that trip also was the one that just kind of opened the door to everything because I. I was playing blackjack uh, with this fake ID, and I I cashed in a hundred dollars, and over the course of like six shoes, I turned it into four thousand dollars. Holy shit! And I was all freaked out because I'm like, how am I gonna cash these chips in? So I went upstairs and I I showed them to my dad, and he was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. He goes, I'll take care of it. So he goes downstairs, and then he comes up, and he's like, oh, they took your money. <laughs> and I was like, what? Wait, no, and he took he, the, so he No, then he just threw the money. He was joking Oh, around. he was fucking with me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought <laughs> like he, he, gambled, no, he gambled it away. That's what yeah. that was. Yeah. That would have been a better story. But how, did, not no, a good story. What did he, uh, <laughs> how did he, so around that trip, how did he communicate to you about gambling? Was it something... Was he even trying to pump the brakes with you or kind of go like, ah, I know this is fun, but, uh, you know. Absolutely not. Okay. Like, not not at all. Ever. Huh? Well, see, my, yeah. my dad, we, we had similar trips. When I was 21, We it was me and my brothers and my dad, and we gambled a lot. Yeah. Not Maybe not like the level that you guys are as far as like how amount of money, but my dad was always like keeping track how much I was winning or losing and like talking to me about, hey, you need to, you know, this is about fun. This is about yeah. You know, you got You budget it out. If you got this money that you brought to the trip to lose, then that's what you lose. And if you lose it, then you're done. But yeah, it sounds like you guys are. But yeah, I mean, you didn't have that conversation at all. Was, 
yeah, it was just like a part of like our lives and like our family. Like gambling was just there always, you know. So even though you heard him come back and cry, and that obviously uh, whatever impacted you at the time, the next morning you Everything got up back and to went normal. right, right, and just kind of shook for it breakfast off. And did you? And my dad's thing always was uh, I broke even was his thing. You know. He would say that kind yeah, of regardless. To everybody. Yeah, yeah. Just broke even, you know. And from that trip forward, you were aware that that was a thing? Yeah. Or did you, yeah. But, you know, the thing with my dad was, like, there was times that he would come back with 40000 Yeah. Or he'd come back with, you and know, Would he tell you that shit. then? Would he tell well, you? Well, we would just, like, like, party time, I guess, yeah, right? if he would like, come <laughs> back, it would just be, like, we kind of knew that he won because, like, things, you know, oh, special dinners, special yeah. Tough to, yeah, tough to hide 40 grand. Yeah. You, yeah. Was he a drinker? You know, uh, so he was he was a pretty big drinker, and then he had a heart attack, like, when he was 44. So, like, he had to give up the smoking and drinking and everything. So then it just kind of, I think, became about the gambling. Yeah, that might, have, that might have been it then. Yeah. yeah I mean, probably, you know, then it had to focus on the one yeah. thing that was giving him that rush. What did, what did the um, when you uh, when you were on that trip and you started gambling because that was your first time gambling for real yeah. essentially was it okay uh, I've done a, a lot of drugs in my life and I always <laughs> enjoyed them and stuff like that and yeah. you know and I'll never forget my first time getting drunk and I was always very shy and I, we were at I was at yeah. my best friend Brant's house and we were partying with his older sisters and. I got I got drunk and I got really funny and like I was a center of attention <laughs> yeah. and all this and and I I really I was like you know I'm home like yeah. I'm doing that again that's fucking great and did you have that experience with gambling hundred percent hundred percent yeah and, and to, like I'd say the hardest thing now being away from it for three and a half years the thing that still kind of is always there kind of. Uh, chirping on the side is like the recreational part of it you know like the fact that i you know i'm i'm it's such a problem for me that i can't just walk into a casino with twenty dollars and just play the new cool slot machine or or you know play five or six hands of blackjack because it'll just spiral out of control again right you know? So as a gambling at, or as or at least someone who was starting at that point, because I'm 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 sort of confused on where the rush comes from. Do you get the same rush, losing as winning, or how does that work? What's the fee- you, you know, know what's what crazy is, is I would say the, the times that were most enjoyable to me were when I lost like a ton and the rest of the night was like trying to get it back. That is what the other dealer said. Like, th- like <laughs> yeah. that her take was the degenerate gamblers or gambling addicts. I should say degenerate, but uh, whatever. <laughs> is that um, <laughs> is that she felt like they would play until they lose. Like basically, they wanted to lose. Yeah, was her take. You know whether it's true or not. You know, it's in the beginning. Like when it first started, I would say from probably like nineteen to like twenty eight in that area. It was it was always fun. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't think I ever thought about that side of it. It was always that I would go in with some money, and if I would win, it would be cool. But just like the whole thing was hoping that I would be like the money would last, you know, that I'd be able to do it for 
a long time that night. You know, this hundred or two hundred dollars I was bringing in the casino would last for hours. You know, because that was my dream. Like dream mm-hmm. night was mm-hmm. to go into a casino for with two hundred dollars and be able to play for. 11 hours or whatever and then whether i won or lost (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean i think a lot of times like people will equate it to like oh well if i went to the bar for six hours i would spend 200 you know a hundred dollars two hours you know i I think a lot of people do that but that justify it that way that was like the beginning part of it was just like this this idea of of just going there and having fun and and if i won or lost or whatever you know and i still remember the moment that it all changed uh so i was i was going to canada to do these tours uh from like 2003 to 2007 i think this is when you were doing stand-up yeah doing stand-up. Okay. yeah yep. so uh up until then it was like 20 bucks here 100 bucks there it was like you know i was obviously losing and it, and it was a problem but it wasn't like a bigger problem after this because they had they had slot machines in every bar in Canada, and I would go down there and I would literally put like five bucks in this machine and I would play this stupid game called Flush Fever to try to get like quarters or whatever. And this guy I worked with, <coughs> he was playing the machine next to me. He was playing this game called uh, Crowns or something, and he's like, "You should play this machine because it's it's a lot of fun. You win a lot of money." And I I saw him. He was betting two dollars and fifty cents a spin. And to me at that time, I was like, that's insane. Mm -hmm. Because I was playing 25 cents on my thing. I was playing $2.50 a spin. And while I'm watching him, he won $1,500. He's like, I'm telling you, play this machine. You got to. I just won fifteen hundred. <laughs> Get your money in. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna pay out again. No matter. So you're playing slot machines, even. Yeah. Well, that the slot machines was was what got me. Uh, really. In the end. Yeah. Really. Because I, I, I feel like with, with with a gambler's mind, like blackjack, you think that you can beat the game. Where right. Like, slots, you're not. You're fun. not beating the game. I mean, that's slots I, are slots. I had lost all taste and interest for blackjack after dealing it for three years i couldn't even stand being around it anymore Hmm. so what what the slot machines offered to me was the ability because when you're playing blackjack there's also there's downtime to the gambling Mm-hmm. You know, you oh bet a hand, God. and yeah. the person next to me does it, and next yeah, person yeah. does and it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the shoe You got to wait and wait. Yeah, yeah, Slot machine, it's a very uh, solitary thing. It's a very, you're in control of the thing, and somehow, for whatever reason in my brain, I felt like I could control the <laughs> This electronic machine that somebody had <laughs> yeah. built. That, yeah, mathematically is yeah. uncontrollable. If I bet I, enough and if I bet fast enough and I play the right slot machine, like, I'll finally get that that hit. You yeah. Know? And, yeah. So, I... Uh, when you play blackjack, so um, the biggest rushes that I've had for blackjack is sort of when I've got enough money in that and then you have a fucking... You know, uh, you're doubled down, and it's a big bet, and you have yeah. 11, and that card starts to come out, and it's like, oh, like you know, I oh, yeah. I can't access that feeling where it's just very intense, and if you win, it's like, oh, I fucking, you know, yeah, Godzilla. Yeah. And are you feeling that playing slots every time? Like, I mean, is there oh, that yeah. sort of connection for sure on every you're single trying, spin? Yeah, 
you're trying you're trying to get that big hit you know you most of the time you're trying to get into the bonuses on the slot machines because that's where the big money is at if you're betting enough mm-hmm. you know if you hit hit that there's upside potential and it's stupid because i would only play penny slot machines but mm-hmm. you say penny slot it's, machines it's so strange <laughs> to me. i really i had no yeah. idea that it's so you say penny slot machines and people laugh at of you course. like whatever yeah they should there's machines <laughs> <laughs> there's machines where max bet is ten dollars a spin yeah. on a penny slot machine there's yeah. even higher ones where you're playing four slot machines at once on a on a screen yeah. and the max bet is like forty dollars a spin even though it's pennies you're playing forty dollars yeah. a spin and there's there's progressives and everything going on so it's just like this excitement of what could be yeah you know there was a, a machine that i lost so much money in called uh life of luxury <laughs> and it was <laughs> a penny slot. you can't make this stuff <laughs> i know up. So it was always a bank of like eight machines that were tied into one big progressive. And each machine was a different theme, but every machine would have this special emblem on the final reel that if you would hit that special emblem, then you got to go into the special game to try to win the progressives. And if you were max betting, then you had a potential of winning upwards of like $130,000. I mean, the lowest one was always like 20 bucks, and then they went up from there, but it was just like this high of like waiting for that emblem to hit on the fifth reel so you could go into it. So what, what's Are the... You, oh, go sorry. Ahead, go ahead, <laughs> Are you aware that like... You know, even hearing you say that, you know, so you had this potential to win this thing that mm-hmm. people who don't gamble or whatever just hear that and it's just like, well, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like yeah. that, like how, you know, in a way, in their mind, pathetic. Well, that's I, what I would say, like in in meetings and stuff when I would talk to people is like there was so many nights that I would stay up and I would like pray and ask to become a person that gambling wasn't a thing. Mm hmm. And would be able to see it in a different way for how stupid it was, you know. And it it took, you know, so much to get to that point. But it was just like, there's people in the world that gambling doesn't eat up a second of their life. Yeah, yeah. You know? And as a as a uh, addict and all that shit, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, believe me, I know. And I've sat in the fucking, I mean, where you start crying, like, why the yeah. fuck do I do that? You know, where it's just like, why can't I stop? And I mean, so I'm totally sensitive to that. I'm just, yeah. it's, I almost think in a way it would be harder. Um, there's so much acceptance in a way around um, chemical addiction now, yeah. I think. You know, people are pretty forgiving of it. It's not in my family, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> no, but I no, think you're I mean, right. I mean, all, everything that's been going on with I like think society-wise yeah, yeah, and all that, yeah. people are more open to it. And, I, you know, I very much relate to, um, I think that I was and still still am an optimist to a fault. Yeah. Always think that it's like, I can pull this one, one out. One more hand. Guarantee it's going to happen. And I don't experience that gambling typically. Yeah. But I... I can yeah. see it transferring easy and just gambling in a way is so much sadder because it's like yeah. everyone knows you lose but you're keep you know going in, you know it's what like, i mean it's delusion. And not and yeah I, and I playing playing like the you know uh, the worst game to be gambling on yes the game that has the least upside to it 
and possibility of and winning penny <laughs> is penny <laughs> slot machines. Right. It's like seeing the people who buy fucking 25 scratch-offs and they're like, yeah. be- you're behind them at the gas station. Yeah. It's like, oh, you fucking loser. Yeah, like, yeah, come yeah. on, you yeah. know? And what would make it worse is being there and seeing other people achieve what you wanted to. Oh, like God. being sitting right next to the person that hits the bonus and six, sure. $600 and right. spin, you know. And so would that make you go, would that like depress you or would that make you Psych be like, you nope, up. now I have a chance. Yeah, like, yeah, a chance. It's yeah, happening. Yep, yeah. it happened to me. <laughs> yeah. I think it was probably a mix of emotions. Yeah. Like I would be pissed off that they got it and I didn't, but it would also give me like hope. Like, well, there it is. Yeah. You know? Like you would play so many different machines and you would hope for these things and you would never see it and then the person next to you uh would hit it and you're like oh oh yeah this this is possible let's get back into it you know were you superstitious um before gambling stuff like i mean did you because i mean i know that gambling superstit where you're kind of like it's coming i lost this many like it's bound to happen so my my i don't know if you know this but my four-year-old got diagnosed with autism Mm -hmm. and then we went through all the testing for it and all the program all that kind of stuff and by the end of it all i came to the conclusion of was i probably grew up autistic because of the things that i do as like superstitious things all of all of my the stupidest things in the world you know like the radio has to be on the same station when i get out of the car because that's like a thing you know and and uh is that more is that ocd more or not? I guess. Are you I don't aware know. of that? Okay. But it was like when I was younger, I had no friends. I didn't make eye contact with anybody. Like I had food problems, clothes problems. Like it was all there. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it's just so weird because they say a lot of it is genetic. But no, there was like tons of superstitious things when me and my brother would go gambling. Like <laughs> we we had a slot wallet. Sure. Where all the slot money was kept. It wasn't in my wallet or his wallet. There was a special slot, slot wallet. Slot wallet. He's got a slot we, wallet. So did you feel like your brother was like Trust. enabling you in a bit? Wait, like you guys I think were we kind enabled of like, each other. Yeah, codependent. You know, yeah. like we were did both. he have the same problem? Would yeah, you say? he did. Does he? Or yeah. He's I mean, gone. Yeah. He's gone. Oh, well, sorry to hear that. Yeah, unfortunately. Glad I brought he, it up. His, his stuff and, and, you know, I'm sure, you know, there was a lot more going on there, but the gambling part of it and the losing money part of it was a, was a big part of, you know, his, his stuff. But, you know, it, it was, I lost my dad in February of 2011 and then I lost my brother a month before my wedding and he was my, he was my best man. So that, that January after I lost my brother, I went, I went to Vegas by myself and that probably had to be the saddest trip of my entire life, like wandering the casino by myself and losing close to like $4,000 on stupid ass penny slot machines. You felt uh, like the universe owed you <laughs> almost like I, really I lost. Did, I'm, yeah. sure, I'm, sh- I'm sure of yes. it because that's how I felt with yeah. every, every addiction thing was always like, yeah. You know, it's, boy, it's, it's, time, been, it's, it's time, time for it to turn around me. somehow, yeah. or I deserve this because this has gone shitty. Yeah. So, so you you do have that connection with gambling, yeah. and um, I'm sorry, it's just sad. No, no. So sorry, yeah. I, and I can access that. I feel that that, that where you go, a bunch of bad shits ha- happen to me, so I kind of earn this yeah. sort of. Yeah, yeah. And, you, ju- and from from that point, it just it got you know worse and worse because I was so behind that 
the only way to get back. Only way to get back is just to do it more. And I mean, thankfully, my addiction didn't destroy many people's lives. You know, it 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 really hurt my wife. You know, and and we've worked through that. You know, the and I never stole from people. I never like hawked things to. You know, the only I did all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to feel better, I. I, I would say collected glass bottles in California for five cents each. Oh God! Yeah, so <laughs> it's a you know. Yeah, I th- you're in good hands here. I th- I think the the biggest scumbag moment of my addiction part of it was like we were me and my wife were trying to buy a house, and we had to like save this down payment for the house, and for whatever reason we decided to leave it in my savings account. You're gonna double it. And I don't know how many times I accessed that money and then I had to cash advance off credit cards to replace it and then used it again and then cash advance to to put it back. And it was just this like horrible cycle, you know, until until my cards were maxed out again, you know. What did she know about your gambling at what point? She didn't. It's... It's such a funny thing to talk about, you know, it's just, I think she knew that, that I was like gambling, but I don't think she knew how bad it was until, uh, you know, until it was too late, you know, because there was a moment where I would go out on the road and I would work and then I would come back and I would have no money. And she just thought that, you know, comedy didn't pay anything. Yeah. Right. You know, which is. Pretty close to the truth. Yeah. yeah. So there was like a time where she took me out to lunch and to just be like, hey, you know, I think, I don't know if this comedy thing's working out for you. Like maybe you should like get a regular job because I'm not going to be able to support both of us moving into the wedding and like if we're going to have kids and stuff like that. So I was such a degenerate gambler that I, that I literally got a second job just so mm-hmm. I could continue to gamble mm-hmm. out on the road. <laughs> Yeah. Instead no, of just I giving up the gambling, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be flush with money. You know? I'd rather yeah. keep it as a separate I would, life. And I would go out and I would I would make like you know six or eight hundred dollars and you know selling t-shirts after the show, and then I would be gone afterwards. Yeah, in the yeah. casinos and everything. Well, oh, it's so good. That's and how did she find out? What was the whatever your crash? Oh, you know, it was um, I when it came time to access that money and it wasn't there for the house, like for a house yeah. thing. So that was, that was, uh, that was a pretty tough time. How'd yeah. you tell her? Did like, like well, were you man like, enough to head it off or did she find it? Because I oh, wouldn't have been, yeah. <laughs> I would have absolutely ran until it. Yeah. I, I think it was a combination of, uh, like it was time to access it, you know, and, and I tried to push it off enough and I think she just kind of, She's like, you know, it's not there, right? You know, and I, I was like, no, it's not there, you know. And that vision of, like, you know, her standing at the door with our daughter, like, you know, you need to, like, do therapy and, and, and meetings and stuff or this this is done, you mm-hmm. know. And I was just like, yeah. I mean, You was, hit rock bottom. That's rock bottom. That was... That's what that is right there. Yeah. What did... What, what did... Um, and I, th- I think what... Uh, so just to yeah. add on to that, like, I don't know if you've ever had this with yours, like how many moments that, that something had happened. And cause that was, that was the worst part about that Vegas trip where I lost 4,000 because when my brother passed, I like, 
I knew what it was about, and and I I like made that midnight promise that I would never gamble ever again, like in honor of him. Did know? he? Uh, was it suicide? Yeah. Did he? Okay. So I was like, just in honor of that, I'll never touch uh, a slot machine again. And I actually, so that was you know August, and then it was January or February when I took that trip. So I mean, I made it like. A really long time and then when I started doing it again it was like almost worse that was like the worst feeling outside of the mm-hmm. the using up the money that I had ever felt in my entire life because what did he you know when you you know you say that that was a part of his his um, undoing and everything did he ever talk to you about that like I mean was Not it something until, you guys shared not until uh, the last few months that he was around, like, that he started opening up about it. And, and it's just like, you never think anybody's going to do that until they do it, you mm-hmm. know, and it's... Uh, oh, I've had people just, ask me. Yeah. <laughs> are you ready? <laughs> no, I, believe me, I've had people call me and say, you, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's... But that was the thing, was like, I was so deep into it, and I w- it was so, like, eating away at my life. And I don't know why it was that I just, I thought that he had it all together and it, and he wasn't doing it anymore like i i never saw him talking about it or going or asking me to go or mm. like i just thought it was you know he was done with it but because gambling did it become subconsciously something that was not something to be celebrated in your family or that like you know how do you guys all decide that it's like you know, I don't call you and go, hey, man, let's hit the fucking casino. Like, yeah, this guy, yeah. you know what I mean? It did become a shame thing, essentially, yeah. right? Yeah. Was there a conscious moment where it became that? You know, I don't I don't know or if it, it just did. just started slipping away you know, where enough you get so in trouble. I, and I tell you, uh, now that you say that, I feel like there was, like, that aha moment because... One of the things that we liked to do together is we would go and play poker tournaments together. But I, to- I kind of tolerated the poker tournaments because it got me to the casino. And I knew that he loved the Texas Hold'em more than the slot machine stuff. But he still loved the slot machine stuff. So he would always ask me, like, let's go play in this poker tournament. And I would be excited because I knew gonna play a slot machine. that I would, <laughs> that I would yeah. buy into the slot. tournament and, like, all in, all in, all in, and and bust out of the tournament. You're basically playing slots at yeah. the uh, poker table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So oh, next bet, now, next bet. now he's like locked into this tournament for the next like three hours, and I'm off, you know, yeah, by myself, like Hitting the dopamine blowing, button, yeah, yeah. blowing yeah. all of this stuff, you know, right. So it took probably like six of those trips for him to be like, "We're not going to do this anymore because it, it's not fun." Like I wanted to play poker with you, and I thought you wanted to play poker, but it's pretty obvious that you yeah. just want to bust out of the tournament and go play slots. So, so then you both essentially—I uh, mean, in a way—you're both kind of copying the uh, whatever you each know. You have different addictions. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a way, and, For sure. and doing that. Wow. And did you ever get to talk to your dad about it? Like, did you ever get an idea of the damage from his mouth? No, I don't think so, no. Is that a big regret, do you think? You know, we, uh, like, he he got pretty sick towards the end to the point that me and my brother ended up having to be his 24 hour caregivers at home. So we spent a long time, like, at his side, like, helping him and, and talking with him and, like, 
telling stories and stuff and it was it was it was like a nice time and a nice memory for us so like i don't really have much of a regret on that because mm-hmm. it was just like it just never really came up so yeah like, yeah you know he yeah. had been so removed from it at that point because he was you know he couldn't go and like one of my <laughs> it's like horrible to talk about like one of my favorite last memories of like me and my brother and my dad was when he was my dad was like i think it was the 70th birthday or his 80th birthday something around there we like took him to vegas mm-hmm. me and my brother like it was we all knew like it was his last time that he was ever going to get to go there and he was so like excited he hadn't been there in so long because of like his ailments and his walking and stuff so you know we took him to vegas and i felt bad because uh you know my brother was just like obsessed with making sure that he was okay <laughs> the whole trip like because mm-hmm. he had this like certain amount of money that he came with and he knew that like you know he might not be able to be trusted <laughs> like you blow it all on the first day like me like i I'd go to vegas with my brother and i'd blow everything on the first day and i'd be you like were a hey, dumper you yeah, have, yeah. On both yeah. sides of the yeah. table <laughs> 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 you're like hey uh can I get some more money? You know, it's mm-hmm. just like, uh, yeah. So were you, I'm sorry. Did you ever get, how about your mother though? Or what about, did you ever have the conversation with your mother? You know, I don't, you know, we just never really talk about it. Like, I, I mean, we've had conversations about it since because of me having to go through recovery and everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, she still does it recreationally and I just, I don't know if it's that, like lives inside of her as it did in mm-hmm. the males on the side of the family, you know, but you know, right. Well, women usually can't do things as well as men. So <laughs> just being really charming. trying to boost that yeah, lady side of this. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> sorry. I just need to laugh. I'm getting so sad. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's so, it's so, I don't know. You just the more you get around this stuff, you just it's the same. It's thing depressing. As, as dr- it's just the same thing as drug addiction. Oh, yeah. It's just a different way to yeah. do it. And just like, I think there is beauty in um, my. I come from a long line of alcoholics and people who eat steaks to a fault, and <laughs> yeah. it's just kind of like I don't see as much as it has been a burden on my family tree and things like that. Yeah. There's also something sort of great about sharing a bottle of uh, Windsor with the yeah. old men in the family, and they're like, yeah. ah, we're all sick in the head, but God, this <laughs> yeah. is fun. And they're great fucking moments. I don't think yeah. they're, and it's not as I, negative yeah. for them as it has been for me, for instance. It's, but I think some of the toughest parts of like live living now and like is the fact that some of my best and happiest memories with my brother and dad involve gambling even like happiest moments like as a family like on vacation and just like you know those those moments where everything was perfect you know when it wasn't behind the scenes but it was just like in the in that exact moment where you're all winning and yeah 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 it's like (laughs) everyone wins at once Ah, (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. <laughs> What's interesting it. to me is like all three of us are stand-ups and all three of us kind of have this sort of addictive personality and like looking for that high and I don't think I think that's generally what 
attracts people that do stand up. Pushes stand-up. the same button. Yeah, no it pushes question. the same button. No question. And it's chasing it's, it the same it's way. Chasing too. it the same way. You're chasing stages. Like I'm addicted to going on stage. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And I think that since I found stand up, that I was able to like kind of get under control some of the other things that were much more destructive yeah. and i think that's probably your, the same for you gabe no question and i, I would assume you know that nope. you've been doing stand-up <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Made it worse. i the i can the see gambling part of it would would ruin my stand-up shows i would go and and perform at you know you go to how many casinos yeah you yeah know, run to perform and I would get there a day early, and I'd blow all the money that I was going to make all week. Yeah, it makes it hard know. to strap get on a smile. On yeah. Stage. Yeah, yeah, you go up on stage, and you're like, why should I even care about this set? I've just lost all the money for yeah. it anyways. Yeah. And I just want to finish m- my contractual obligation to get back out there to try to yeah. get it back. So it was just like, yeah. How did you talk fun. about gambling with your wife in those early years? Like, was it all? I don't know. Like, as a... Because even when... As a junkie or whatever, yeah. still fucking loved it and loved like kind of like oh yeah, yeah. it's kind of yeah. like it feels like a bank robbery well, when you go buy some. It feels <laughs> yeah. great. One another one of my like favorite moments. I'll, I'll talk about the gamble with my wife for a sec. But like one time I flew to like Tucson and I stopped in Vegas for a day, and I blew so much money in that one day. That when I came home, I started getting mailers from the casino saying, like, come back, Mm -hmm. you know, free hotels, free whatever. Not only that, I had lost so much money that I got a personal phone call. Like, I'd never had this, that I got a personal call from the casino host to let me know that if I ever decided to come back, let him know and, like, he'd get me all set up. So... I was like, well, what does that mean? He's like, free room, all the food's free. Uh, we'll pick you up at the airport in a limo and all that kind of stuff. So I took my brother out there. It's just mon- that's Steve said it. That's fucking monstrous <laughs> pre- when you think of it. Yeah. Yeah. They know it's an addiction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The limo comes and picks us up, and we're riding in the limo to the casino. We check into our room, which is a suite. At, and you feel like your dad, I bet. Yeah. And right? he walks in, and there's like a cheese tray and like a meat tray with a card that says welcome back and the first thing that he (laughs) (laughs) says the first thing that he says is he turns around and he goes how much money did you lose the last time you were here like he knew that we walked in there but it was like a fun trip for like a day until i blew everything that i had and had to like borrow money from him but so from that one trip I would continue to get the mailers uh, when I met my wife and, like, we moved into a place together and stuff. Those mailers would continue to come. And, like, the longer I didn't go, like, the lower the the coupons the would be that got. would come. But they were still, like, two free nights and, like, $50 in free slot play and a free buffet or whatever. And we were talking about doing a vacation, and she was like, you know, you keep getting all these coupons. It'd be a cheap vacation for us. And I'm like, you want to go to Vegas? And she's like, well, yeah, Vegas is fun, right? And I'm like, well, yeah, it's a blast, you know? That'd be like my wife saying, you want to go hang out at your heroin dealer's house? (laughs) (laughs) Seems cool. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, at that time, she had no idea how bad it was. And that, I think that trip was probably, was difficult because I was, you know, with her, and then I was trying to, like gamble come out with like excuses to sneak away so i could like 
gamble a bunch of money and then I'd come back or like, uh, and it was, you know, spooky and hilarious at the same time that anytime she asked, I would just say, I'm breaking even. Yeah. Well, that's just yeah. ghoulish. Yeah. I, I mean, it is. I shouldn't say ghoulish. <laughs> No, but it just all comes full circle where that's where you that too much. But it is. It's yeah. said to you and now you're saying it to your yeah. wife. Yeah. And and I'm sure you're not aware of it until it's over with. And even and even yeah. worse than the last day that we were there, she got food poisoning. So it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. like in the back Cherry of your head. Top. Yes. Uh, addiction, man. That's what it, it is. is. It is. And it's so strong. And yeah. do you um between you and your brother because you guys gambled together and he asked you whatever. Um, did one of you win more than the other? Because you said you borrowed from him or was it always kind of who's up, who's down kind of thing? He, and that was the thing too, was like when we, like I was surprised to find out towards the end that he had such a problem because when we would go together, like he was so reserved and like so like regimented about the money that he brought to gamble with and stuff. Like he was so good at it. I was like, cause that's, as gamblers, he that's what you do is you like, you set the limits, you yeah. know, you make these little deals with yourself, you know, like I'll keep the cash card at home tonight, you know, and I'll only mm-hmm. bring this, you know, and I'll only gamble for an hour and I'll only do this, you know, and you break all of that within like an hour. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he was like, you drive home get your cash card. And come back. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But he was so like, in laser focus about this budget that he would have, like I was so surprised that he did not have it under control, like I thought. It, it, is it something where you both were almost maybe trying to put up a front? I know, Gabe, when we talked about your addiction, you're like, you're trying, you might know you have a problem, but you're making sure that other people don't know. So now you're hiding it from each other. No question. No question. I think, I think with my brother, it was probably the, he was probably the only person that I could be completely honest about how horrible it was going because I Do feel you like he we were, was honest that way with you. No, now Like, like now that's what you're in playing. hindsight. Is yeah, he no. your older brother? Yeah. Okay, there you go. So in hindsight, I'm the older yeah, for so, sure. Ah, shit. Now it's fucking. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it, when I think of my, you know, my issues. It, yeah. So I, I gave heroin to my little sister, oh, and Jesus. it's a, a horrible thing. And, um, you know, so you just want to protect. So I'm sure that's yeah. you know what that was. And that's like one, I think one of the biggest regrets and the thing that eats away at me at night about the stuff is that I put a lot, I put a lot on his shoulders because I wanted to kind of continue living my life. And I felt like I kind of, he was the big brother. Like I, I thought he could handle it, you know, yes. when my dad got sick and stuff, I would, I would kind of, you know, it's horrible to say, but sometimes I would like book gigs just so I could leave, you know, sure. and he couldn't leave because he had, you know, the, he had the, the job in the city and, and it was me and him, you know, mm-hmm. one of us had to be with him. So, you know, I, I would I put those responsibilities on him for our dad and, and just just being like the monarch of the family just like you know that after our dad got sick that like well of course like he's he's the one that's gonna take over you Mm -hmm. know and and it was like a really hard devastating moment like when he was gone to realize that like i was kind of (laughs) 
yeah supposed to be doing shit now and i i was completely lost you know but sometimes i just feel like you know uh that i put too much on him and that's what kind of broke him you know and it's hard to i'm I'm sure that he was putting it on himself because that that is what happens and that's i mean that's uh that's right out of my playbook and that's (laughs) it's just what you do as a big brother is you are supposed to be you know even if it's not a big stated thing to you you're doing it I, i think people do take up the mantle naturally because you know i have a son now and you're you know yeah we're already talking to him about his little sister who's coming so yeah um yeah what what was the extent of your gambling like how much would you lose like what you know like well yeah before take us through a typical night before that uh uh, those trips to canada i mean it was a few hundred dollars in the night and that one trip to Canada, I was supposed to come home with, because uh, I was up there for a month, I was supposed to come home with uh, like $3,700, and I came home with 200 bucks. Yeah. Right. And every time that I would go up for that Canada trip after that, I would always have that talk with myself on the way up there, like, this time we're going to do all the shows, we're going to sell all the merch, and we're just going to bring the money back home. And every time I would roll across the border with like 300 bucks when I was supposed to bring home like 4,700. And after those trips, like every night it was, I had to lose everything in my bank account and every possible ability to access money before I could go to bed. Really? Like if I had access to a certain amount of money, I would get it and then try to get that other money back and yeah most most times there's so many times that i would be working a week of gigs and one of the nights was a casino and i would lose the thousand dollars i was making for that week plus the other like six or seven hundred dollars i was uh i made in t-shirts and cash after the show and right uh you know i i did some uh uh casino in northern uh michigan i think it was and i think i've done that is it bear uh <laughs> yeah traverse city or whatever traverse city it's right it's right above that yeah B- barack ah fuck whatever it sucks but well, it, was, i had fun but yeah unless was, they want to book you again yeah unless they want to book that was the again. night i realized oh. that i had a pin number to my capital one credit card <laughs> oh that's dangerous isn't Pulled, it uh i think it was like three grand off my card and and was just like no hey you gotta spend money to make money yeah yeah it was it was yeah what's the most you ever lost in one night do you think that would have been when i was uh (laughs) in vegas oh okay okay the four was it it was four thousand yeah i i I don't know if it was exactly four thousand but it was around there like it was uh yeah it was a pretty pretty brutal night because it was they had (laughs) so stupid they had a Batman slot machine, sure. this progressive slot machine from uh, the Dark Knight. And you're a Batman this. fan. You're gonna yeah. win on Batman, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Oh god! The ridiculous thing. Between that and the Wizard of Oz slot machines and the Lord of the Rings and Pressure Luck and Star Wars and Star Trek and. What was the most money you ever won? Like That's on a slot, a, on a slot pole. Like, what's the most money? Gillespie ever? goes to the shitter, comes back, <laughs> with drops the best a question. question. <laughs> yeah, it's like he never missed a bit. <laughs> Were you listening in the bathroom? Yeah, he's a dumper. You know what? You know what's ridiculous? Oh, he's another dumper. 
is over the course of like that section of time towards the end where it was just like you know uh just my life i don't think i had a win more than like 80 dollars on a slot machine my biggest win ever on a slot machine came when i was on that trip uh with my brother when i was 19 and i hit uh Nineteen hundred dollars on a uh, on a slot machine, and that's what hooked pole. you probably right there. That's what yeah. really got you. Other than that, you never won more than eighty dollars. Holy no. shit! And you dumped. I had probably what? the longest run of losses like that I've ever heard of anybody else. Like every time I went to the casino and gambled, I lost and I lost and I lost, and it was like you know they would talk about in the meetings like. Maybe there was times where if I wasn't so deep in and thinking about the the amount of money I'd lost before trying to get all that back mm-hmm. instead of just starting a new session and mm-hmm. being like, I'm 100 bucks in, I won 80 bucks, I should get out of here. But anytime I gambled in that last section of time, it was always to get back everything that I had lost up until that point. It was n- <laughs> You're keeping your lifetime earnings at all times. Oh, or, for or, sure. Or, like, yeah. Your lifetime swing. There it's was a time where I, I kept a notebook of how much I had lost just so I knew what the number was when I went into the casino and how much I had to win to get back to zero. When did you stop keeping track? <laughs> yeah, it's got to get uh, I mean, Yeah, you know, it like, only uh, lasted, I think, for two or three months, and I was like, well, screw this. Just how much was that? Go back. I think at that point it was around like 9700 or something. Wow. Have you ever estimated what you think your <coughs> lifetime loss are? Because I've done that with spending on drugs, and it gets fucking steep fast. Yeah. Like, yeah. Insane. I've never gotten the actual number, but it's it's for math. sure over over like eighty, ninety thousand. I would say. And how did you feel like the nights that you would? Is there any part of you that thinks you were addicted to the negative part of the feeling as well too? Like just something about taking the loss or that rut. Like is that still a towards, rush? Towards the end, I think that's what it was all about. You know, in the beginning, it was the rush of like winning and and just the playing. The possibility. And stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, I almost felt a sense of relief when all the money was gone, because I couldn't do any more damage and I had to go to bed. You know. Okay. Like it was all gone, so like I can finally relax and just go to sleep. You know, because it was like any dollar I had, you know, that was potential to get it all back. So right. I have yeah, to that's kind it. of the issue. Is like you, you're never even if you're up, you're never up because you're never gonna walk away. And it, there's a movie called Owning on Mahoney, which is a yeah. a real. It's a, a movie. The it's a true insane. story. It stars um, Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah. and he's like. He's at one point. He's at. He's playing. I think Baccarat, and they're and they're. He's up. And, like, the pit bosses are scared, you know? And then the pit boss goes to, like, the next higher up, and the guy's like, he's going to lose it. Like, he's, he's going to keep playing, and he's going to keep losing well, that, at one <laughs> Eventually, point, he'll lose at one point, At one point, he, he bankrupts the table. Mm. Like, he takes yeah. all of the chips off the table, and they just call it a night, and it was, like, you know, $3 million or something. And they kept, like, trying to send him booze and, and hookers and whatever, yeah. And he didn't want any of it. He just, he just wanted, wanted, he to wanted play. wings, no sauce. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the thing. And he just wanted to play. Is That's this a all true story? Yeah, it's a true story. Yeah. A movie. It's, it's <laughs> a, guy, a guy, a Canadian guy who was he was in like embezzling money. He worked at a bank and he was embezzling money, and then he would just go to Vegas and blow it all in. And then they actually ended up 
suing he ended up suing the casinos the casinos ended up having to pay a lot of the money back because he was embezzling the money to the bank so they don't oh. give a shit if you're an individual god we should take him on the podcast bank, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's got some probably happy stories <laughs> what <laughs> what uh, really no, movie, and i know that we have to wrap up um so i want to get uh god do you have anything positive to say <laughs> no i'm just joking <laughs> um well what, I, I will say why did you not become um or was drinking a big part of the thing as well no, no drinking because it's so was. weird for me because i yeah. the same thing I, I can tell these are the exact buttons exact yeah. same path but i don't have that with it was with it was always gambling. for me gambling and food where we're like I'm, I'm sure you've had those moments where you're in the midst of it and things just shut off mm-hmm. and you're not even thinking about what's happening yesterday or what's happening tomorrow or what this will affect or what this will, whatever. It's just about that moment getting as much, um, you know, input of whatever as you can, whether it's gambling or food or whatever. Um, was it, you know, one thing I can say about, um, whatever dope is that, you know, you put your life in this horrible fucking spot and you're just, it couldn't be worse. But then when you get that dope, it's just, you know, you're on a mountain in a cave above uh-huh. a city. Like, it's just so safe and it's so great. Yeah. So at least you get this, it's the only vacation you got from your miserable problems. Absolutely. Is that how gambling was as well? So okay. yeah. even Even if you're losing gambling, it still you're felt. still doing it. Okay. I mean, that was always the thing. Uh, a lot of the time was uh, I almost didn't care whether I was winning or losing. Like, the thing that drove me was to be able to do it for a long period of time. Like, if I was going in for a session of gambling, if I lost, like, 400 bucks, but I got that 400 bucks let me gamble for 11 hours, like, I'd feel on top of the world. Right. But if I lost... $200 in a half an hour and that's all I had and I couldn't access any more money, I would be like absolutely devastated because hmm. I was done gambling for the for the time and I couldn't do it anymore. And then how did you get out? What, what, what was the... Uh... It was therapy. I did a year of therapy and, and I had to go to the meetings and, you know, talk about it and it was it was... Uh, cathartic to hear other people in the exact same position that you were and you know i think the majority of it was just time time away from it you know the more i spent away from it and the more that like i would have a craving for it i would just go to a meeting instead helped stay away from it because you know in all the books and everything they talk about the delusion of the addict who wants to just be able to do it recreationally Mm -hmm. and that's what ends up driving everybody insane who's uh, addicted is like this constant thought that there will be a day that i'll be past this and i'll be able to do it as a normal person again Mm -hmm. and you know it's almost like saying like i I just want to be able to do heroin once a month well i can do it i can control it (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking, it's insane. But yeah. yeah, but when you have that, that aha, you know, realization that that part of your life is done because you have no control over it and you come to grips with that and you're able to make amends, like, 
you know, there's no way that I'll ever be able to do it again in a recreational fashion because I can't. And you just reserve your fat, you know, yourself in that, and then you just move on with your life. And suddenly it's three and a half years later and gambling is just not in, I don't know how many times I walk into a casino and perform and I check into I the room and you, I turn. You don't, you don't, you're still doing casinos at some time, yeah, right? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. So what's filling the hole? What's filling that addictive hole? I mean, have you been able to just climb completely out of it and not have to fill anything with it? or are you? I, I feel like I have. You know, that was probably the hardest part about recovery was finding what was going to go in there. Yeah. You know? Jack. And <laughs> You got Jack in that <laughs> hole. Full circle. Let's go to the phone. I got Jack on the that. hole. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it sounds corny and it sounds stupid, but I, I really think that my daughter kind of saved me from that because, oh, I you know, it's corny and stupid. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, like, no, absolutely. But her, like, uh, you know, her autism and the amount of attention that we have to spend to her and the amount of things that I've had to do as far as like staying on the phone and paperwork and all this stuff to make sure that she's in the right programs and whatever that almost has become like a crusade to make yeah. sure that she has the best life possible. And, and yeah, I mean, it really just isn't a part of my psyche anymore. Yeah. Right. I don't know what it was or, you know, the, running the 12 steps three times or the meetings or the year of therapy or whatever. But, you know, we really dug into the, what it was that pushed me into gambling, you know, and, and I was able to kind of see it like, you know, they dig it up and show it to you and you see it and you're like, well, there it is. And then you just move on with your life. What do you think it was? Or what it was, you know, it was a combination of things, but it was like growing up, you know, it's, it's a long story. Sure, <laughs> it's sure. like no, I got growing you. up as like the geeky, fat, overweight kid that nobody saw. And then, you know, getting into uh, being a stand up and getting that attention and and um, but then not always feeling good about it because it's like, you know, there's not that real thing, you know, and yeah, and it's just. You know, the basic, it, you know, you have, you have nothing else at that time, you know, you're, you're kind of an outskirts of society, you know, girlfriends or friends or any of that stuff. But then you got this gambling, you know, mm -hmm. makes you feel good. It's something you can do by yourself. And, you know, sometimes you go out to Vegas and they treat you like a king because you're gambling away all your money. You know, it's just those little things that make you feel like somebody, Yeah, you know. And yeah, God, Vegas is fucking evil when you think of that shit. It really is. Casinos, yeah. It's like making a heroin city or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, we got one of our biggest users coming into town. You know what? Hey, until until you put it out there, that probably is the most horrible thing that anyone could ever do is phone call an addict and yeah. tell him to come so back. So <laughs> this is a I true... Mean, that would be like your bartender calling. Like, I hey, have we a got true some fucking story, fresh by the drinks way. on the ice <laughs> over here if you want to zip back. When I... First one's on me. <laughs> was done with dope. I Like one of the many times. Um, um, told my dealer, like, I'm done. Like, don't ever fucking call me again. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. No interest, whatever. Three days of withdrawal, like brutal, brutal, brutal. 
and um, laying on the sofa, sick and clammy, and it's horrible. And I got a text, and he took a picture message of black tar heroin on a little foil. And he goes, are you sure you're done? And I remember, like, it, like, the fucking rage inside. I was like, I'm going to beat the fuck out of that guy. Like, it, it actually fortified me because I was like, it's so directly evil. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That it almost made it easier in a yeah. way. But... It, it you know it moves your blood the same way when you yeah. see it like oh but yeah yeah so, that's crazy and but I th- I think I'll th- oh, go ahead oh so I was gonna say so when like the casinos are sending you stuff and you're let's say you're going back and maybe staying in a room that's worth whatever four hundred dollars a night are you using that as a rational rationalization as to why it's okay to maybe be losing money I or not really because it was never about losing yeah. money it was more about the rush. I used to drive my brother nuts because I was like Mahoney like all I wanted to do was the gambling mm-hmm. and like he would try to be like hey let's let's go get ourselves a nice dinner tonight or whatever he and was I'd being be like a big brother I'm telling <laughs> you I was like I was like well what's that going to cost and he's like who cares you're yeah. going to blow like a hundred dollars on the Top Gun slot machine in five minutes. Let's go get ourselves a nice steak dinner. And I'm like, no, nah, I think I'll just go and use my coupon at the fucking snack yeah, bar. Yeah, just get yeah. it get it in your face as quickly as you can so you can get back on the job. <laughs> <laughs> for real, yeah. Well, thank you Absolutely. so much uh, for coming. And you know, I gotta say, I bet you will stay not oh, gambling yet. No, no. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Such an asshole. I bet you will. No. <laughs> no, it's it's honestly it was uh it was just really, really great. And um do you have anything to say to people who would listen who might be addicts? Like is there a place to reach out to or something well, like that? Well, yeah, I mean there's there's GA meetings going on all the time. they they have their own website that tells you what where they're going and and like I mean, if GA, if, I mean, gamblers, yeah, com kind of thing, com. whatever, Google it. Yeah. But I mean, obviously the, my biggest thing is I could say, if you're the person that's on the fence and, and you're, you believe that you can do it recreationally, and <laughs> you're, you're just not going to like, you just have to come to grips with the fact that you're not going to. And for this stuff to take is you have to like go all in with the recovery. Like, you know, you have to do the the 90 meetings in 90 days you have to be there every day to to hear the stories and be away from it because you know if if you don't you're just gonna go right back to it you know yeah because i had i had seven months of like sobriety and then i thought i was at that point where like oh well seven months i can go I back can. in there you know and sure. i was in yeah, Bilu- so just be a once a month thing <laughs> in biloxi mississippi i had never been to that like casino mecca down there in mm-hmm. biloxi and i was like oh they have a golden nugget there you know and i was like i gotta go check this out i won 80 dollars out of gold <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like you know three hours later i was i had lost like 200 bucks and you know 200 bucks isn't that much but to what i was trying to accomplish that was so devastating that that you know yeah. as for your picture that you got that solidified the whole thing for me there that like in that parking lot i was like well there i mean all right there's the proof that i needed that i stayed sober for seven months and good thing you didn't still can't that day then oh like, yeah what would happen if you would have, let's say you'd have won two hundred dollars that day you know i mean what would that spun you that's the you? thing is like i don't think i was programmed to leave that place a winner Up at all yeah either. It was. It was gonna. I was. I was. You know, programmed to lose it. No Born to lose. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said that myself. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> I like it. Um, 
really really awesome uh, and I, I think it is really um, whatever effective for me in a sense to hear that you know I kind of came in here expecting um, big money things or like you know yeah. I mean I, I just don't know and then to hear that um, you're the level that you're gambling and losing is, is just every bit as uh, whatever devastating to yourself and your family as my thirty dollars a day of, of uh, heroin, you know what yeah, I mean? It's it's sure. it it really it's so easy to, you know. We joked about penny slots and stuff, and it is funny, but yeah. but but <laughs> but I know that it is you know is yeah. the same level. So so thanks for sharing, man. Yeah, for and sure. I thought it was great. And uh, can you promote? Uh, Mark is an extremely funny comedian, oh, and if you so. ever see uh, Mark Poulos in your area, God damn it, go see him. His Just, website uh, is markpoulos.com. And anything else? And you have a podcast, God yes, damn I it! Do have a podcast. I'm shit at this job. <laughs> it's all good. Why would I give breath to a competitor? It's on, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's uh, on iTunes. It's just called uh, One Step from the Spotlight. It's a uh, written comedy podcast where me and another comedian pretend to be a retired morning show from Phoenix trying to do a podcast. <laughs> I, uh, I play <laughs> Robert good. Hammersmill, who's a independently wealthy dullard who doesn't know anything about radio and john russell plays rusty collins who's the brains behind the whole operation and the hijinks that happen in our show so and <laughs> think <laughs> office and larry sanders yeah kind of idea and we'll have the link to it um on the episode and on our website so if you want to check oh, his cool. podcast we Thanks, please dude. uh please uh check it out yeah, and uh, go to his shows and steve gillespie has his podcast as well yep um Steve and I know under I, our I, covers. Is yep, under our covers. And if you like, I knew that. Because <laughs> we did it on that. our really the last really I was gonna. Say, I know. I was just gonna say, uh, if you like our podcast, I know that you like Steve's. So yeah. uh, check it out. And um, thank you guys so much for coming. You didn't say that about Mark's. Will he like Mark's? Mark got to, he said hygiene. He compared it to The Office. I mean, it got, he doesn't need us. Do you like The Office? Well, you'll like Mark's podcast. But, uh, and then Steve, what is your website as well? GillespieComedy.com. But if you like our podcast, you'll like Mark Poulos's podcast more than Steve. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Um, thanks for coming. All right. Good night. Gabe's still selling furniture somewhere. So you got me for the outro, people. Thank you for listening to this week's episode with Mark Poulos, blackjack dealer, gambling addict, co-host Steve Gillespie. Check out their podcast, One Step from the Spotlight, under our covers. We appreciate all the love and support that you guys have given us. If you guys know anybody that wants to be on the show or that we should have on the show, please feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, at Gabe Noah Podcast. Reach out to us via email, info at Profession Confession. We're always looking for guests. We're always looking for suggestions how we can make the show better. Please rate, subscribe, share, all of that. We couldn't do it without you. So until next week, peace out.